Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Vargamayos, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me, as per usual, is my co-host and associate editor, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I don't know. <laughs> it's just been a, it has been a week. It's been a week. It really kind of has, um, especially because we were, we're recording this right after I watched something extremely disturbing. So I'm just kind of in a headspace, y'all. Yeah, this this show we're going to talk about is not extremely disturbing. No, but, and I'm so. actually really glad that I saved watching this until after I watched the disturbing thing because this cheered me right up. I know. Um, uh, as you may have guessed from uh, your PBS stations this past Sunday, we are returning to the world of Miss Scarlet. And like two other shows besides Miss Scarlet, but we can only get to one at a time. So yeah. stay tuned for the other two. Yeah, we, we will be hitting Magpie Murders next week, and then we'll also hit Annika. We promise. But this week, the mystery I like is back. <laughs> and honestly, like... This is such a this is this is such a show that I've been looking forward to getting back to. Like I missed this show. Have we said the name of the show yet? Because I'm not sure that we actually have. I said Miss Scarlet. Oh, it's Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Excuse let's me. Be, let's be technical for yes, you know okay. SEO purposes or whatever. <laughs> um, sorry, we've just been doing a lot of back end tweaking on the new <laughs> website, which I hope you all have checked out at televisions.org. We're very proud of it. It's very pretty. It's also possibly broken my brain. So there you go. SEO voodoo is difficult at the best of times. Anyway. Um, mind. <laughs> that That is an inside what? joke for people who actually read on the internet. For the rest of you, let's talk about Miss Scarlet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a mystery series that Lacey actually enjoys. And it, I am in the recap chair for mm-hmm. this year. So get ready to not learn anything about the facts of the episode you watch, but just me emoting for like a thousand words. It's great fun. I promise. Honestly, though, like, I have to say that the, the mystery doesn't matter. I mean, that's the thing. No, they don't at all. Like, you know, we, okay, so we've, we have now actually talked a couple, we've had a couple of weeks here in a row where we've talked about shows where the mystery didn't matter. Leonardo being the first, where the mystery was inserted and unnecessary and didn't matter. Sherwood, where the mystery was important-ish, but really it was all about the politics. And now we have Miss Scarlet, where there really isn't even a mystery in this first episode. Like, a girl disappears, but it's not actually, nothing bad happened. She just had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of the, the episode tries to make you think that, like, someone has murdered her or she has run into some, you know, terrible fate running away from a previous terrible fate. <laughs> or something. But, like, it's all just it's all just a bunch of, like, you know, that that's all a bunch of red herrings. Like, it's really just a simple, simple story about a young girl who is 15 and her boss is sleeping with her for extra cash. And he accidentally gets her pregnant. And when his wife finds out, instead of, like, freaking out, his wife, who can't get pregnant, is, like, a solution. Um, And that's that. And they basically, like, she disappeared because she became, she reached the point where she wasn't sure if she was going to be able to be, like, hiding anymore, I guess. And there was, like, a woman looking for her who says she's her sister, but it's actually her mother, which is actually something that was really common back then. 
Um, but people didn't really like it was it was a it was easier to get away with because like the there were so many children in a family and they were so spread over like 20 years that you could yeah, have... like everybody just sort of had a baby every year. Yeah. So, so... no one really asked which which woman had the baby. Um, if the mom said it's mine, they have just said, OK, I guess you had another one. Um, yeah. So. I don't know. I, I mean, I think that I think the mysteries in Miss Scarlet are interesting in as much as they kind of are a useful commentary on various, you know, female. I started to say female problems, but that sounds like a disease, like uh, sort of just female focused issues. Like, mm. the, like we're looking at these mysteries through a very specifically feminist and female focused lens. Like these are problems that are very specific to women. And they're problems that are very specific to women during a time period that is often lauded for its uh, progressivism and enlightenment thinking. And it's still just like it's still pretty, pretty for women in a lot of ways. So, like, I think that's interesting. I think that's interesting that it chooses to. I mean, I think it's obvious that a woman runs the show. Hi, Rachel. We love you. But um, because like just like that is a way of thinking about the stories that it tells that a lot of other shows like this don't do. I also really like um, the fact that there's no apologizing for it and there's no attempt at... Um, so when we have things... Today, in if something like what was happening here happened, where the boss was sleeping with one of the sales girls and the rest of the sales girls were basically being pimped out by the manager to the rich clients, like, that would be a huge scandal. Here, it's a fact of life. And it's not just a fact of life, but it's one no one blinks at. And in fact, like the women who do it are basically doing it to supplement their income because their pay is so crap. And this is the only way they can afford to make ends meet. And there's no like there's no like pretending that we're going to like somehow solve this in the 1800s. And and none none of the men like I'm making air quotes like no one learns a valuable lesson about like female autonomy or female agency they just get caught and go to jail or yeah it's just it's just well Wentworth did a terrible thing and like at one point the wife snaps at him you know maybe you should have thought of that before you got her pregnant but like other than that there's really no I did love that they gave her that line though because that's what other show would do that that was so on point for me yeah because it's true like maybe don't bang the help yeah just a thought just a thought not that men are going to listen to that but you know hey it's a thought um i also um i have to say that just about every single new character that walked on this this the, the screen always like a moment of delight for me <laughs> like i lo- okay i love miss scarlet and i love the duke i love the two of them i don't want them to get together i am i, am- I want them to get together so bad we're going to come back to this issue because i think that's what this episode is sort of all about mm. um but anyway, talk about the new folks and then okay. we'll come back to the question of the, the what do they call it? The raison d'etre of yeah. the show's existence. Yeah. So I, I love Ivy and I love her kind of mothering, like uh, her her kind of mothering housekeeping like ways. And I love Moses because he cracks me up. Um, and but then like Hattie Parker walked on and I was like, oh, my God, can we hire her? Can we hire her? She needs to work for Miss Scarlet like yesterday. And Miss Scarlet's like, I don't even want to be friends with her. And I was like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. Um, I also genuinely love um uh uh, uh 
William's new boss, um, Monroe, played by Aaron Perry. I love him. Like the moment like this Scottish brogue just came out, I was like, okay, I love you. Yeah, this is this is everything I needed out of a new boss for 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 the Duke. This is this is perfect. This works so well for me. I'm here for all of this. And then, of course, there's the massively incompetent Oliver Fitzroy, who wants to be Byron. Can I just tell you, like, I cackled when we got to that Um, because, of course, he wants to be Byron. Look at his hair. (laughs) I have so many feelings about that because I have a lot of feelings about Byron and the type of man Byron was, but moving on. Oh, no, like that that's part of it because Byron was a terrible human being, but of course he wants to be Byron. And can I just also point out that while we're at it, um, the thing about uh, the thing about uh, uh, Oliver Fitzroy is that he's he's the second character where I'm not actually sure he's straight. Like we know that okay, listen, we know that 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 Rupert is a confirmed bachelor and that he prefers the nightlife in Berlin to his new wife. Like we 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 know this. But I actually like I was asking myself, especially in that scene, if Fitzroy was just a dreamy poet or if we'd now found another friend for Rupert. Yeah, I, it was a question that ran through my head. I did not think I did not think about that mostly because I was just busy disliking him <laughs> because he's really annoying. Oh my god, I love him when he when he lost his gun and the other guy and and the and the drunk guy got it and started shooting up his cell. I I couldn't stop giggling. I don't know. I did. I I think part of the reason I don't like him actually has literally nothing to do with the character. It's just that he's such like a walking example of dudes like failing upward when they don't deserve it. I mean, I know the point of the story is that he's a nepotism hire, mm-hmm. but also really. Well, no, I think that's sort of to me. That's actually the point of him is that he's totally a nepotism hire, and everyone he's the missing stair at work that everybody's gonna have to step over. And the Duke is so mad about it. It's like really, really, I have to put up with the missing stare and his boss is like listen i've had to put up with this missing stare for six months you now have to put up with this missing stare here take him back like i just everything about that was totally on point for me um and and everything about hattie was totally on point for me and how hattie absolutely worships miss scarlet and how miss scarlet cannot even figure out how to be friends with this girl i love her too i love her too because i just she's so like dorky and she's just so excitable and-, and and jesse cave is a great actress i think she's a great addition i also thought clementine was a great addition the uh the 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 uh, laura rollins who came in and like basically got the manager to come talk to miss scarlet oh right 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 i'm really hoping that she's a regular in the same way that moses is a regular like that she's that would basically- be nice yeah um partly because i just need miss scarlet to have more women around her um because that that I, I just I, f- I feel like she should. Um, it's also why I want her to hire Hattie. Um, I think she needs to know how to have female relationships because I think that's mm-hmm. something that this show is actually missing. Um, it's it's probably the only thing this show is really missing is Eliza's ability to connect to other women. But I think it. Uh, but it, not to defend it because I think you are actually right about that. But I get it because we've already had so many episodes about how women just really find her off-putting yes because she's so um non-traditionally feminine yes and so i actually think that's really i think that's a really interesting 
constant sort of reminder thread of like there is a price that she pays for doing this work that she loves and it is being excluded from those groups Mm -hmm. the only female friend she has is ivy and ivy is someone who is basically like her housekeeper not her real friend i know like ivy like i i believe now at this point that ivy would be in her life whether or not eliza was paying her but let's not forget that she came into her life because eliza paid her or eliza's father paid her and that Eliza still pays her. Um, and that that's a real, you know, I mean, that that means the relationship is not equal. Um, and even if she becomes friends with Hattie, I feel like, like I said, let's hire her. You know, that means that Hattie would not be her equal. And Clementine is clearly also like someone who works for her. She's not her equal. And I think that's probably like, you know, that says a lot. But even so, I would like her to be surrounded by more women. I, I just I want that for her in her life. I have I think I want things for Eliza Scarlet, not things that aren't the Duke. I'm sorry. It's just who I am. <laughs> I love them. I know. OK, let's actually let's talk about that. Let us talk about the 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 the, the will they or won't they elephant in the room that drives the show. Sorry, I could just make that. I could just make that noise I made for like the rest of the show. I know. <laughs> I could just be my commentary. <laughs> I'm sorry. That moment in the beginning where they like touch hands and it's basically like Bridgerton. I was falling over. I'm sorry. If you like, if that does not affect you, you are like just a soulless monster. I'm sorry. No, I I do. Okay, I can see why people ship them. And yes, there is a level where like I can see them. They are the perfect couple. But society has taught them that they aren't the perfect couple. He won't want her to be. A, a detective if he marries her he wants a little wife that's what he wants he's what he's been told he wants it's what People he believes he wants he could grow but i don't believe that he has that in him i don't i genuinely don't i think that the duke has a limit to him and that that is where it is and that he he's never going to get over that and eliza doesn't deserve that she deserves a man who does have the ability to get over that and that and that is my point of view. You you can go now. Wow. <laughs> Dear everyone listening at home, our email address is televisions at weta.org if you need to weigh in with your thoughts on the Eliza William relationship because this is the first time in a while that Annie and I have been really split like this mm-hmm. because I love them. I, know I think you they're do. really complimentary. I think they really complement each other well. I think I think this episode is so interesting. In that it confronts the will they won't they have it all head on instead of pretending it's not there. Of course, because this is a show that's only in its second season, the powers that be are obviously going to decide that it is not. I thought for a second they were going to pull the trigger. I mean, they're like holding hands in public practically. They're like constantly going out to dinner. Like, like Ivy's basically like, well, the Duke will be over later. Yeah. The whole time. And like, like. You can see Ivy, like, measuring for the wedding dress and how much the lace is going to cost. Yes, Um, you can see it. Like, so I really thought for a second that I was like, oh, expletive. We were really going to, we're really going to do this in the first episode of the second season. Okay, let's go. And then (laughs) Rachel knew it's like you thought. Um, (laughs) I love you, Rachel. But uh, I, I think it's really interesting because a lot of shows like this where a big piece of the reason that they exist is this central push pull of this romantic relationship really just like keep finding ridiculous ways for the people to not be together in a way that like does not make sense. 
after a while. And I, I actually think that the show worked really hard to come up with a, with a, with a plausible reason why right now is not the time, despite the fact that it looks like the time right up until it isn't. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, he has his ego and she did make him look bad. I mean, I did not to be, not to be snotty because I love Eliza too, but let's not pretend that Eliza is innocent in this. Nope. In the sense of, in the sense of the ego states, mm-hmm. because I, um, because to be quite honest, I watch a lot of television. So I actually rewatched season one before season two. And uh, before I watched the season two premiere, I watched it like the couple of days before I watched the premiere because I was like, oh, I'm recapping. I better like learn what everyone's names are. <laughs> and uh, I, and the the running thread of him never of her not getting the credit she feels she deserves publicly and in print is is just a it's such a loud and running theme that they have brought back this season of her not getting uh, the credit she feels that she is due so i don't i think i think they're both bullheaded i think they're both um largely alpha personalities i think they're but i think that neither of them is particularly good at like letting someone be better than them yeah eliza definitely has that as a fault like, this is not the Duke refusing to bend. Neither one of them wants to bend right now. And they're both guilty. They're both dumb and should be have their heads smacked together until they realize what's up. Um, See, this is where I side with Eliza. You know, because she's not getting the credit she deserves. Duke used her in the first season to try and further his career, only to discover that because he's Scots, he was never going to further his career anyway. Right. But until that happened, until an outside force made him relook at it. I actually think that's really important. I actually think that's really important because uh, most white men who have positions of power do not have a way to relate to the way that that women, that people of color, that other marginalized people can feel in sort of a professional space like that. Like, I feel like that was really eye opening for him because honestly, clearly it's never happened to him before. And he never thought it was he never thought he was someone that could happen to. Mm. So I think that was actually really important. But I also think that now he has a boss who gets him. Now he has a boss who's on the same level as him. And he no longer well, has. His boss is also making him employ dumb, dumb Byron. So, <laughs> well, no, it's also, in a way, it's kind of a shared, like, you know, like when you when you have a boss who's like, you know, no, let's uh, listen. I got to put up with it. You got to put up with it. I mean, that that that's a thing that happens at work. I mean, that's something else. Like, no woman ever gets to be in that position. Oh, you know what I heck mean? no. Like, there's no in either way, like yeah. no on either side of that equation, like no woman. I say this all the time, but lately I've been saying a lot, a lot in response to like Doctor Who, because I'm really honestly mad about the way that they have kind of not promoted Jodie Whittaker's final special in the way that I would like, because it makes this era feel like a failure. And we all know as women, we only get one chance. Mm. We won't get another female doctor for like decades because of this, because they'll be like, oh, this went badly. We can never do it again. And that's legitimately how almost everything is for women in a lot of professional spaces. And then I look at that idiot. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, great. No woman would ever be allowed to do this like at all, ever. 
Yeah, I, I I'm not going to argue with that. Um, as someone, uh, okay. Now I have only watched the first episode of this season. Oh, um, so have I. I'm not good at I'm not good at oh, right. um, okay, compartmentalizing. Good. Okay, that that's good because what I want to know is what Miss Scarlet is going to make of this kid when she sees that this kid, oh my gosh, is a is a detective, and that William is putting up with him. And that he and, and and he treats her like this. I want her to get mad. Well, I think she should get mad, but not necessarily just at William. I mean, it's not his fault. No, it's not. But I do want her to see that. I, I there is part of part of what I like about oh, part of what I like about Fitzroy is the potential that this character carries as a ticking time bomb to remind Miss Scarlet just how much she is being denied simply because she's not a man. I also think it's because remember her father was a detective. I mean, her father was also a drunk. Yes, and true. he gets to be remembered as being as as being like a great detective instead of mm-hmm. the local drunk detective, because right? Yeah, a dude, right? And I honestly like I think that's really important. I think I think that comparison is going to be there, and I think it's something that that I'd like to see her confront. I also just find him hilarious, and yeah. Uh, just in general, like I looked it, the whole Byron thing, like made me ask, like, because one of the things I growing up, I was not aware that Byron was not gay. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't realize that till my teens. Um, and then I discovered all about Byron. Um, but honestly, like my response to that was when he said he the way he like worshipfully talked about poetry and Byron, my first thought is, oh, do we have a friend of Rupert here? You know, what happens if Scarlet, Miss Scarlet meets him, discovers this incredibly incompetent person, gets to have the job that she'll never be allowed to have. And then actually turns out she likes him pretty much. He's not such a bad guy and he totally fits into her world as one of those that's basically like being pushed down and being forced to do things that he doesn't even want. Like a, like her little misfit crew. Yeah. You have thought about this like in much more detail than I have. Um, mostly <laughs> Sorry, because I spent habit. the entirety of the premiere thinking about about william and eliza because (laughs) i do think like i think it's interesting like let's go back to the the case of this week of this missing girl part of the reason this case is important is that scotland yard actually had it and closed it they didn't just close it they didn't even do anything well they said so william did sign off on closing the case yeah no i I, i'm pretty sure what happened is it sat on his desk for two weeks oh she hasn't turned out she's probably dead (laughs) and that's that I mean, probably, but like, like the, the, that's part of like, what is like, like, this is professional conflict on a different level that we haven't really seen for them in the sense that like, it's Eliza who the sister mom goes to sister mom. No, 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 no. Uh, the sister mom find uh, the sister mom uh, finds Moses and Moses basically puts the two of them together. Oh yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Eliza sees her at the police station when she's yelling at yeah, at all of them for not solving the case. And uh, anyway, so Eliza ends up taking this case and making progress on it, mostly because she doesn't have any other cases to work on and can devote all of her energy to this one particular missing persons case. But of course, she does it without giving uh, the Duke a heads up that she is looking back into this case that they technically already air quotes worked um and it gets all really messy personally yes but also professionally which 
I think is really interesting because that's not really happened between them before. Um, so that's a new dynamic for them to kind of try to navigate. And to be to be to be clear, she was picking up his dregs before, but this is the first one where she's reopened a case he closed without telling him and without including him. Yeah, and I'm like, let's not let's not kid ourselves. Like giving him a heads up would have been the move. Yeah. she should have but the thing is is that it's one of those things where it's it's better to ask forgiveness than permission well i'm not saying she shouldn't have done it i no no because she knew the answer was no so she just didn't ask figuring she could say she was sorry later if he when he found out but she doesn't ever even actually say she was sorry no i love i love her for that because the man wouldn't apologize either but also like i feel like some people, i.e. my co-host, are very eager to put all of the blame in this situation on William when I think they're both equal opportunity dum-dums here. Like, this is they are both, like, being terrible. I, I will agree that she is using this to her advantage and that, yes, she should have checked with him and that she definitely pulled the better to ask forgiveness than permission. I don't even think checked with him because that implies an asking for permission that I don't like, but just, like, a courtesy call. Or yeah. whatever the Victorian equivalent of a courtesy call is a courtesy telegram. I don't know. <laughs> um, but what I really liked about it is also that this is something that you also don't see a lot in detective shows is how the the one who is the, the policeman, because, you know, there's always the, 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 the amateur and the policeman. You know, there's the Lestrade and there's oh, the, yeah, like the vicar the, and the, the yeah. cop. Or... One thing you never really see is the slush pile. Please define slush pile for me. Um, slush pile. Um, so uh, it's a phrase I picked up from a friend who works in publishing. Basically, the slush pile are all the scripts that show up um, in the, uh, uh, unrequested and that you filter through to look for to see if you can find a decent pilot. Um, and, and, and so basically like the, the, or, or in publishing and books, it's like people who send in like novels on spec. Or pe- okay. okay, like or, or the person I know who is a person who works in scripts. So, you know, they get scripts on spec and there's this slush pile of stuff to read whenever there isn't anything to do or that you give the interns the slush pile and have them go through and see if there's anything worth it. Like, I feel like what we got here was William going, listen, do you know how many missing cases we get? Missing person cases we get? It's a slush pile, you know, and every so often I clear it off my desk by stamping it all done. Right. Like, that's. That's what happens. And that's not something that most detective shows admit to, that they are so swamped. Mm. You know, like you never see that in Grantchester. You never see that. In- I mean, in Grantchester, it always feels like Jordy has like one case at a time. <laughs> in Grantchester, it feels like Jordy has like any case. The only cases he has are the ones that involve his vicar. Like it's, it's, it's amazing. But no, like that, that sense of being utterly overworked and there being too much crime for the cops to really handle is a sympathetic angle that you would think more police procedurals would do since one of their things about police procedurals is that they're supposed to make you more sympathetic to cops. And they don't. Almost like they don't want to admit that that's a thing they have to deal with. And I, it's, again, yet another thing that Miss Scarlet is willing to talk about and puts out there that most don't. That is very interesting. I had not thought about that, but you were right. 
Anyway, um, that being said, yeah, okay, I am not saying that Eliza is innocent here. What I'm saying is that I side with her when it comes to these sorts of things, and I don't think she should... I, I, I think that her being bullheaded is completely understandable, and I'm down with it. <laughs> I, I, I am on the side of bullheaded... I, I, am, I am perfectly fine with bullheadedness. Sometimes you've got to be a bullhead to make things happen. Um, okay. This is <laughs> this is taking a turn. Um, I'm on both their sides. I I'm on know. the side of them together. I'm <laughs> on the side of them figuring out they're being stupid idiots. But um, I do, I do like that. I don't know. I can't decide which way I think this is gonna go. And I think, I think probably what's gonna happen is is the scene at the end where. Uh, Duke shows up to basically tell her they're not going to dinner because he feels humiliated and and upset about their working situation and blah 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 and and this of course is like right after Eliza's all like oh I just wanted to tell you this one thing so if we have a future together you'll know and he's like ha no future for us right now and the thing that I'm wondering is because he does sort of sort of tag it with a like for now which is I think interesting and I can't decide if I think I can't decide if I think the rest of the season is basically just going to kind of ignore the elephant in the room and come back to it in the finale or if this is going to be kind of an ongoing tension I mean and, and when I say ongoing tension I mean more overtly than just the sort of ongoing sexual chemistry that like exists between those two characters at all times um I think that forcing them to step back into friendship is the correct choice, of course, because right now, like, you're only in the second season. We already know the third season is greenlit. Like, we can't get them together yet. We can't get them together until at least season four, and hopefully not even then. But I have such a problem with this, the the whole, like, idea of the moonlighting curse. Like, putting characters who are romantically interested together does not, like, it just means you have to write for those characters together. That's all you have to do. Like, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean the end of the show. Like, it just means you have to write better. Uh, uh, and of all the shows on television, I think Miss Scarlet could probably handle that. I'm not going to. I I really and truly do, which is a huge compliment coming from me. Um, But I don't want them to get together anytime soon. Um, I'm not sure I want them to get together at all. I need them to convince me a whole lot more that the Duke is going to not basically try to turn her into his little wife cooking eggs. I don't think that that would happen, though. That feels very not true to what this kind of show is. The idea that they would get together and she would suddenly become a completely different person is no, no, crazy no, no. <laughs> what? Like, no, it totally it would not work. Like, I don't even I don't even think it wouldn't work. I think the show is self-aware enough to not even attempt that because it would be not true to either character. Like that just doesn't make I like out of all the many things that I am worried about about when or whether these two will get together like that doesn't even like cross my radar because it's just not okay. But honestly, in season two, I expect them to stay friends and to, I expect them to hold this to basically back burner until the end of the season. Yes, I think that that is probably where we're going to go with this. Will someone get shot and then someone will have to re- uh, will, and then someone will have to like reevaluate their feelings <laughs> who can say i love tropes I-, I know you do um tropes are good tropes are very good um especially in in romances i'm not gonna lie um but the thing about also with um 
with Miss Scarlet is that, you know, the the thing about season one that struck me so much when um uh when we watched it last I guess God, two years ago now almost, um, was that it felt like see season one felt like four episodes and then a two part finale to me. Mm, yeah yeah because the last two are sort of very about like oops your dad got murdered yeah um and just looking at like this season um you know the thing we have a a, a, like some of the things i know because i've sort of like looked ahead at the synopsis and like the cast that's coming is that i know that she's going to that that miss scarlet will get a new rival whose name is patrick nash um I know that there is like that 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 he's gonna basically try and like get her to work for him or maybe put her out of business so she has to come work for him. I'm not exactly sure. Um that that's that's all I really know about him. Um but I'm wondering if that will sort of turn into sort of an arc that will link episodes together in the same way that Henry Scarlet kind of became an arc in the last two episodes. Or if we're going to get six standalones this time. Um, because I think that the 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 four standalones and a two parter really worked as a format for this, and I don't know if they I don't know if that was an accident that they didn't mean to do, or if that's something that we'll see happen again in sort of a more purposeful manner. Well, what's kind of interesting to me is that I don't even know that I consider the standalones entirely standalone. I mean, they're standalone in the sense that air quotes again, like the mystery or the let's say the case. They're not always mysteries. Like, the case is standalone. Yeah. But then, like, everything else that's happening around the case is always happening. Yeah, I know. And that's true. But that's also true in Grantchester. And that is also considered a mystery of the week show. It's it's the format. Um, And the reason, very much the, the last two episodes of season one were both about this forgery case. So there was sort of a two-parter case, which made those episodes link in my brain in that way. And I'm wondering if we're going to get another case that spans more than one episode. Even if it ends with, you know, oh, actually, they just gave birth in bed and they survived it and everybody's happy and there's a baby and the rich people are going to take it away. And no <laughs> one is going to talk about that. <laughs> No one has any legal rights. Right? Like, there's so many problematic things that the show just kind of like, and we don't discuss that part. Yeah. Yeah. And the worst part is, or maybe the best part is, is that I actually appreciate that because that's just the way it was. Yeah, the yeah the rich people are going to take her baby, and she is going to go and not bring shame to her family, and they're all going to live happily-ish ever after, kind of. um here is a question that i had i always think about like um this is one of the rare mystery shows i think that really does episode titles oh yes i always try to think about like what do the episode titles tell me and i don't know what i think pandora's box means here like is their relationship the pandora's box is it is it something else i don't know is it just a cool title? No, no. I took Pandora's box as she'd opened Pandora's box to find and 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 basically let out all the bits of their relationship. That her taking this case was opening Pandora's box on their relationship. That's what I took oh. it as. Um, that's not necessarily what it meant, but that's what I took it as. Um, I also always when mystery shows give me titles, which is not all that often. I 
you are correct about that. I always look at those titles as more as as not like literal i always take them as like more of an an overarching like uh, you know symbol symbolic uh title than actually like except for sherlock holmes because sherlock holmes is all the case of edwin well not the case of edwin but you know what i mean like the 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 case of this or the the mystery of that because that's what arthur conan doyle did um but that's different most modern mysteries don't do that um so you know like it, there's one episode that i know is coming up that's like angel of inferno i seriously doubt that there's going to be fire or angels um you know because this isn't good omens there might be fire fire is a real threat in victorian times oh that is true but still <laughs> um angels not so much you know i i well now that i say that you know angels are also you know religious icon or iconery so you know we don't know um but i i will point out that because you did bring up the episode titles did you notice that the episode title for episode six is the proposal no you're welcome oh my gosh bring me your fanfic people bring me the fanfic (laughs) um it's right like i usually don't do like i'm trying to think of the last time i did weekly recaps because usually i farm it out to other people uh, I think it's probably Sanditon. Yeah, I was gonna say. I th- I'm pretty sure the last time I edited you was Sanditon. And I just like I I I try to watch like only kind of take in week to week, so I don't I don't want to be that person who like look at this prediction I made that mysteriously turned out to be right in episode three because I watched all the way through the finale before I wrote it. Like I like to write in the moment of the episode so that I'm kind of like with people when they read it. And oh no, the proposal. I'm sorry. Uh, it's probably not theirs. Probably some dumb person is going to ask her. I bet it's this new detective that's going to ask her. Ooh, I didn't even think of Patrick Nash as like being a romantic rival. I mean, I don't know. Ooh. I mean, he can step back. <laughs> that's how I feel. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No. Like there, there there's a there, there's a lot of there's a lot to unpack there because I did not even consider that she might suddenly that that the duke might suddenly discover that he has a rival that never occurred to me until you said that just now love that i don't know i just thought i'm thinking out loud here i have i'm thinking out loud i have no knowledge of anything that's happening this season like nothing like that is just that's just where my brain went because i hate myself so All right. Anyway, yeah. um, I am super looking forward to this show. I think of all the shows that um they could have brought back for for the fall. Uh, I really love the fact that this is an eight o'clock show. Um, because I am old and I like to go to bed. Um, I like the fact that this is. <laughs> no, I also. I'm sorry. It's true. Um, I also just I like the fact that this is kind of like the anchor show of an entire evening of female centric mysteries. No, I do like that masterpiece, like, lined up the lady shows. That makes me happy. Yeah. And, um, you know, even though, like, Magpie Murders is definitely a different kind of not-quite-period piece, and Annika is very much a, you know, contemporary mystery, I I think that this is the one that's going to get everybody to tune in, and it's a question of how many of them stick around for the other two. 
I really had forgotten how freaking good this show is. Because like I said, I watched season one a couple of days ago so that I could be ready to write about season two. And I think I texted Annie. I was like, man, I forgot how good this show is because it's so smart. I mean, honestly, like I remembered how much I liked it because I recapped it. I recapped it two years ago and I, I love I remember loving it and I remembered loving all the characters. But it was I think it was when Oliver showed up that I suddenly said, am I going to love every single new character that just walks in here? Like, I was like, I don't hate anybody. All of the new characters are good. How? And yet. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the other five episodes this season. Right, what do you want? What do you want from season two besides my babies to not get together? Um, what do I want? Which you are wrong about. But that's I it. know. Um, I want more Moses. I want more Clementine. Oh, I know there really wasn't like a lot of Moses in this episode. Yeah, no. Um, I, he was a bit. He was a bit of comic relief. Uh, I want to get more serious stuff with him. I would really like to see him and Duke butt heads the way they did at the end of uh end of season one at the very end of episode. Oh, you know what I would like? I would like like a Moses origin story or something because like. Mm. I feel like we don't know anything about him. Not mm. really. I mean, we did get a little bit of Duke's origin story, and I felt like that was actually kind of important. Um, that he opened up a little bit to his new boss and talked about being in a workhouse. Um, I'd like more of that, please. I'd like to really kind of know Duke's story. I'd like to see Duke flourish in the precinct. Um, I I'd like Oliver not to shoot anybody in the head by accident because i feel like that might be a thing that happens um he does feel very Chekhov's gun ish he does oh gosh i'm just writing it in my head now i'm like well the person who gets shot in the finale and will be shot by oliver you're in here first <laughs> yes and and everyone will clap and everyone will clap um anyway uh i want more hattie and i want hattie to go to work for eliza i i want that like, I, I've wanted that since the moment that girl in her little glasses walked in. Oh, I do love her. I do. I love her. Let's see. Let's see what do I... I mean, you all know what I number one want. I think it's pretty obvious over the course of this episode. Like, let's just kiss already and get it over with. How happy are you that we're going to get season three so quickly after season two that it's coming in January? I am so pumped. Right? Like, so, so pumped about ready. that. Like, the fact that we're basically getting a double barrel, like, you know, we get we get six episodes in Q4, and then we get six more episodes in Q1 of the next year. Here for that. <laughs> it also means, I guess, that I guess I have to do winter recaps for the first time in ages. Yes, it does mean you're going to have to do winter recaps, because, yeah, because I think I'm going to be stuck doing whatever the 10 p.m. is. Oh, it's probably Vienna Blood again, babe. Oh. Um... Well, we'll see. Uh, what do I want for season? Obviously, we know what I want from season two. I want them to kiss, um, often if possible. But otherwise, I too would like more Hattie. I like her. I really. Um, I hope that Eliza actually like embraces her as another sort of offbeat person because. I feel like they are kindred spirits in that way, and Eliza was kind of rude to her for no reason. No, I, I think Eliza's rude to her because Eliza doesn't know how to have friendship with women. Yeah, that's probably part of it. But so I, I hope that this is like a growth experience for her as well, just because like, I don't, I think Hattie was clearly like awesome and trying to help and like be nicer to her. Yeah. Uh, I would like more Moses. I would like more Moses to do things that are not just like, uh, knock heads. kind of instigate the larger plot. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he shows up to like provide information or provide a case lead and then like wanders off. Wanders off to knock some heads who haven't paid her. 
like I would like I would like more about him. Um, I would not I would also not mind more about Duke's background because I think I think it's probably kind of messy and not great, which yeah. I think is probably also explains a lot about why he is the way he is. And what else? What else? You know, I would like an update on. I remember last season, uh, Eliza was teaching like Ivy to read and stuff. I would like yes. an update on that, on how Ivy is doing. That is a really good point. You know, we saw her basically like making, you know, Eliza dresses and like, you know, eyeballing her for lace, thinking that like their wedding is on the way. Um, I think that, you know, Ivy's growth is. Girl. Yeah, I- I'm here for Ivy's growth. Mostly I'm just excited the show is back. I mean, I complain so much about the mysteries we have to watch, but this one does not feel nearly so <laughs> terrible. Honorous. Um, honorous. That's a great word. That's a great word. I love the setting. I love the characters. I can take or leave the various cases, but the show doesn't seem to care about whether I like the cases because the show doesn't seem to care about them that much either. So it's great. <laughs> Win-win for me. Um... I believe this is the point where I'm supposed to remind you all that if you can't wait to watch week to week, all of Miss Scarlet season two is currently streaming on PBS Passport. And I am trying very hard to not watch all of it because, as I said before, I don't want to spoil people, but it's hard. Um, yeah. Miss Scarlet season two. Sunday Yay! Sunday. They should kiss now. That's all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Tell the people where you are on the internet before I just start just directly reading fan fiction. <laughs> um, no, really, PIs, please send her some fan fiction because I don't... Listen, I'm on Archive on my own, but I don't write fan fiction about Miss Scarlet and I don't really know people who do and I would. Re- I think I think we just need to hook her up. I don't know people that do either. Like, I very, like, I know a lot of people who write in a lot of other fandoms, but I just don't, I don't know many in the mystery space, so... I know the Scarleteers are out there, okay? I know you guys are out there. I see you on Twitter. Send me your fix. Come on, we we you. I know you're out there. Send us links. Anyway, um, you can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter, and that's where you can send me the fan fiction. Uh, you can find me at Miss <laughs> Annie Bundle on Facebook. Don't send me the fan fiction there because my mother does troll my Facebook page. Um, I you can find pictures of my very fuzzy cats and their very fuzzy butts on Instagram. Um, and just just like my cat pictures, please. Um. Other than that, yeah, I'm a, a staff writer at Elite Daily, and I'm also the uh, associate editor here at Televisions, and I also freelance around the web. Um, and I believe that I will be talking about, uh, oh, right, The Rock, Mr. The Rock and his Black Adam superhero stuff. Um, so oh, that movie's happening. Yes, that's movie. That is a movie that is happening. That, that Warner Brothers has not screwed. Warner Brothers Discovery has not screwed up yet, um, and I think that Mister The Rock is probably the reason why, and the whole reason why, um, because that man seems determined to make this movie a hit on his own by his own little like charisma spinning face. It's amazing. Anyway, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, if you want to know what I wrote this week, just go to my Twitter and follow me there because that's where I basically post all my ramblings and my links. Thanks. Huzzah. I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. You can send me your fanfiction there as well. Uh, like any, I write a lot here at Televisions and around the entertainment web. I am recapping with Scarlet, so come get in the feels with me on all of those. And yeah, that's me. I'm pretty fun. The site's more fun, especially now that it's all pretty. Uh, we can be found on social at Tele underscore Visions on Twitter. Televisions blog, all one word, on Facebook. 
and televisions.org, which just got a brand new shiny makeover. And honestly, it looks really good. I'm super happy with it, even though I had nothing to do with the artistic elements of it. I can't even draw stick figures, but it looks great. Um, Thank you, Jess. <laughs> Thank you, Jess. Um, if you have thoughts on Miss Scarlet and the Duke season two, whether or not Eliza and William should get together or anything else we didn't talk to talk about today, you can email us at televisions at weta.org. And don't forget to, to click on the donate button up top on the aforementioned televisions.org and help us keep making all this great content for your eyes and ears. That is also Nota Bene, where you get access to PBS Passport to watch the rest of Miss Scarlet season two early if you can't contain yourself. I totally understand that if that is the case. We are deep in fall TV season. There is so much on right now and so much that is about to be on right now. And you know, I, I don't know if people here watch She-Hulk, but She-Hulk had a whole episode about peak TV and I appreciated it so much. It, like, I feel that. That spoke to me. There's so much. Um, if there's something you think we should be watching or covering that we're not, email us. It's very likely we missed it because there's a lot... Lord have mercy the amount of the amount of cards we have in the back end of things we want to write about and we'll never get to. I know. We're going to write a lot of things for you. I hope you read all of the things. In the meantime, happy fall, uh, happy spooky season. Buy a lot of delicious Halloween candy. And while you are at the drugstore doing that, get your COVID boosters and flu shots. Uh, it is the time of year for all of that business. I don't know. My mom just had COVID and it was rough for her. So it sounds terrible and I don't want it. So I'm going to do that. You guys should too. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And thank you for listening this week. Thank you.